Hi, and welcome to this episode where I have the lovely Helen Thomas here today. Hi, Helen. Hi, Alpha. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And this, I'm actually really excited about this because this is, uh, Helen is amongst sort of her, she's got quite a skill set, but one area that she focuses on is, is career coaching. Um, and there's a, um, especially for, for busy mums who are, you know, dealing with young kids who are starting to go back to school and perhaps thinking about getting back into the workforce, there comes this sort of wave of, of emotions and thoughts that kind of play into that. A lot of it, uh, a lot of insecurities about how they're going back in the workforce, what do you even want to do? And this is, this is the, the area that, that Helen specialises in. So before I, I give you too much of an introduction, tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank and thanks for the little introduction. You've got um, a lot of covered a few of the points there already. So I am a career coach, or I refer to it as a career design coach because there are many, many different career coaches out there and many different types of career coaching. So I focus predominantly on what I like to call mid-career professionals. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it's it's kind of the best way I've got to describe that group of people. And it's those people who are 10 or more years into their career um, and facing some something that's kind of um, created uh, a critical moment, I would say. So it could be that they're feeling stuck. It could be that they're feeling unsure. It could be that they're at a crossroads. Something's happened either in their life or workplace. And for whatever reason, things just don't feel like they're quite the right fit anymore and they don't know what to do about it. <laughs> There's a few different versions of that, but, um, you know, you use that great example. Often um, particularly parents are in that situation where their, their kids are off their hands in some form or another, so it might be suddenly all your kids are at school. It could be the other end of that where all your kids are out of school. Um and or something else that's happened or you might even just be returning from mat leave and rethinking where you were before you left. So there's a few different points there where suddenly the career path that you were on might no longer feel like the right one for you, but we're not very good and nobody kind of teaches us that it's probably time for a re review and a refresh at some point. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Our, our lives aren't linear. And um, it, it's interesting. I, my, I was having a conversation with my seven-year-old daughter the other day and she was like, oh, mama, what am I going to be when I grow up? I want to be this. I want to be that. Oh, what if I don't want to be this? Or what if I don't like it? And I was like, it's okay. You've got plenty of time to figure it out. And whatever you start to do is probably not what you're going to continue doing. So it's all right. And then I, I had a similar conversation with my, my stepdaughter, who's 21 now, and she was so stressed out when she was about 16 or 17. Now she's chilled a bit and she's changed direction a little bit already. And you're thinking, yeah, life, we, it, I mean, if anything's taught us over the last few years is change is inevitable. Yeah. Um, and to kind of be a bit more comfortable with that. But the best way to be comfortable with that is to have a guide or a coach to help you navigate how that, how that plays out. So I suppose, how did, how did you get into this, I guess? And, and what do you normally take people through? Yeah. <clears throat> so, sorry, I'm a little bit croaky today. Um, so I haven't really taken a traditional path. So a lot of career coaches do come to career coaching through a sort of an HR route or an HR or a recruitment background. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually come more through the professional 
um, kind of route, if that makes sense. So I started my career in corporate finance and I spent quite a few years there. I always felt like a square peg and around. I never really felt like it was me, but I didn't know what else to do. And then I segued um, into marketing and even went as far as doing a marketing degree. Um, so I did that and I worked in marketing and that was okay. I do like marketing. I like the principles of marketing. But because I didn't actually have a lot of experience as a marketer, um, I sort of then again sat a little bit on the sidelines in terms of working in strategy and that sort of thing. So I had quite a long corporate career and I would say I probably knew at least halfway through that, that I really didn't want to be there, but I didn't really know what else to do. Um, and then I discovered coaching and I decided about four years ago that I was going to train and become a coach and I started that process and my thinking in my mind at that time was, okay, well, I'm going to do that. And because the, the parts of my job that I enjoyed the most was having people who worked for me or peers or colleagues that I was sort of guiding or mentoring or helping them along their journey and making their decisions in their career. Love that. I, I just so enjoyed that. So I, in my mind, I thought, okay, I'm going to study coaching and then I'm going to start coaching more in the workplace and maybe over time I will segue out of that. Um, and then as these things happen in 2019, there was a corporate restructure. I was at Australia Post at the time. Um, I took a package and suddenly was like, okay, now what am I going to do? I was not quite finished my coaching certification, but I was quite good friends with somebody who was a business coach and we had a kind of a chat about it and I thought I'm, I'm actually going to just leap because I know and I've been unhappy for quite a long time and I don't want to now go back into the workplace while I try to figure this out. I've really got to just push myself through the, the comfort or discomfort barrier <laughs> and work it out. So that's how I came to it. And, it, and as these things do evolve, as, you've, as you said, you know, you never really kind of have to hang your hat and be one thing. I, I probably came to it with a very similar problem to solve in terms of thinking about people who were stuck in midlife um, and then I realised in the very first few people I worked with really all they wanted to talk about was their career and I kind of thought about it and went you know what I actually really enjoy talking about careers and I feel like I have a lot to give to that um, space so that's that's how it sort of evolved into that so I've been doing it since I, I guess I launched formally in 2020 in the middle of a global pandemic um, and yeah so my business is coming up to being two years old yeah yeah no it's interesting we, we tend to spend our lives figuring out what we don't want to do <laughs> and then by the time we figure out what we do want to do yeah uh, we, we might some people think oh it's then too late like well it's never really too late but Again, rather than stumbling through the things that you don't want, have somebody like yourself guide you through a process um, yeah. to actually figure out what you do want. So I guess yeah. just at a high level, what, how, how do you go about that process? Yeah. With people? So it, I kind of have a five-stage process. Um, and because I've got a marketing background, I apply 
um, marketing principles, marketing philosophy to coaching. So I guess if I bring something slightly different to that career coaching view, it is that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I look at things is that everybody has a unique value. So everybody has a unique professional value, as we were talking a little bit um, before we started recording about um, everybody has like a set of experiences, knowledge, skills, qualifications, and everybody's is different. So you might have some generic skills that somebody else has, but that doesn't mean that you two will be exactly the same because you bring to it your wealth of everything else that you know. And I recognise that that's something that we're we're not taught and we often forget. So I start with that. We start with a sort of a profiling exercise. You might call it an audit, but it's really uncovering exactly who you are, who you are, what is that unique profile of skills, knowledge, experience, et cetera, that you have. I then move on to the values and visioning piece. So this is, you know, we were were also talking about what is it you really want? Because, again, we notice a lot of people get lost in this middle part of life because their values haven't really been revised at any point in time and they might have significantly changed because of life experience, life has happened. So we look at values, I get people to work through a a vision of what it is they really would like to be. Um, Then we look at how we bring those things together to give us some options So prioritise those options because, again, what I often hear from people is one of two things. They've either got too many ideas or no idea. (laughs) And they sort of have the same issue because you've got too many ideas, you're just sort of spinning and you can't make a decision. And if you've got no idea, you can't make a decision. So um, so we come down with a few prioritised options. Um, and we do that. I do that through a few different filters of, you know, starting with looking at your values, but then also looking at things like, um, you know, the financial sense and common sense and, you know, how you really feel about it. So we do that through a few filters, which gives people a couple of different options. We aim to come down to a, a small handful. Then it's about, okay, so how do I position myself to be that person and to be the right person for that type of role, how can I, and I look at things like, you know, little experiments, testing things out. So it's not an all or nothing decision because I think that's another thing people come with is that, uh, I, you know, I have this vague idea that I might like to do this, but if I give up everything to become that, but you don't actually have to give up everything to become that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final bit is the action plan is like creating an action plan, getting out there, taking those first steps and just working out how to, how to make the move. So yeah. So the audit, the vision and values, the kind of filtering down your options, positioning yourself and then getting out there and doing it. Yeah. So kind of five step process. <laughs> yes which is always good because then you you know you can see and understand the structure and it makes makes one feel a little bit more um, secure knowing that there's a there's a process yeah um but yes and it's it's really interesting actually because especially now I mean there's this whole you know great resignation um are you seeing that play out in um people coming to you and how companies are recruiting have you noticed a change in the sort of environment over the last two years so 
Well, there's been a lot of change in the environment in the last two years. Um, the Great Resignation, it's really interesting. I know a lot of others might suggest that it's very predominant. I think it's been predominant in the US and mm -hmm. potentially in Europe. Yeah. I think there's been some of that here, mm -hmm. but maybe not as much. What I have, the, the, the trend that I really noticed is what I would call the kind of the great slump, or I, I probably didn't use that term. Somebody else came up with that term. It's not mine, but, um, you know, in or the great fatigue. So what happened was everybody kind of got through COVID, working at home, dealing with everything at home with the families, etc. Worked really hard to keep their businesses, their you know, to be a cog in their business and keep it going. And then we all came to 2022, and everybody thought, okay, well, we've worked really hard. The businesses survived. You know, I'm sure to keep going and be recognised now for the work that I've put in over the last few years. And instead what happened was a lot of businesses ramped up. So it was all of a sudden, well, actually, we've got bigger sales targets now to meet and we want you to work harder. And so everybody, having got through two years, almost no break, working really hard, working at home, all of a sudden felt just really fatigued. So that's what I feel we've seen the first half of this year. A lot of people just really being like, I'm just exhausted. And, of course, with that exhaustion often comes certainly dissatisfaction but also in some ways there's an unwillingness to really want to commit to doing anything about it right now. Yeah. So it's a really strange space and time. I think businesses have started to respond to some extent. Mm -hmm. They are, um, you know, offering more flexible working, they're conscious of people's well-being, that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, they're still commercial entities, still trying to, um, you know, remain sustainable. So, I don't know, there's still a lot of pressure on employees. And now, of course, with staff shortages, the people who are in organisations, I think, are feeling it even more. So it is a very complicated time. Is it a good time to make a change? Very surely, yes. I think it is possibly one of the best times in my that I've noticed in my entire career. If you really want to try and do something different, now would be the time to do it. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, that doesn't... I, that doesn't take away all of those other things that you might just be feeling, oh, I just couldn't, I couldn't right now, and I get it. Yeah, yeah, because with fatigue then comes a concept of, oh, another decision or another change and, oh, my God, that takes extra energy. And already when you walk into a coffee shop trying to decide on all of the different things, just order a coffee and then yeah. you think, oh, my goodness, and this is a career. Yeah. Um, one of the things, because a, a lot of the a lot of the people listening to this will be mums, and not all will want to work full time. Um, how do you then help um, women figure out and navigate around part time? Because it, it is tricky uh, yeah. to try and find the right part time job and one. And because, to be honest, I and I, I myself have worked part time for many years, and I feel like I do almost a full time job in three days. <laughs> Um, but what's how, how do you how do you work with people in in that space when they, they want yeah. to only go back part time? So with anything, there's always some levels, and particularly once you're 
in the middle or further on in your career, there's always like some level of complexity. That's why, because you're not really just going for those um, entry-level roles anymore, which were all kind of standardised more or less. You know, they were all full-time and you knew what you'd be doing, et cetera, et cetera, and you didn't have any other complication or commitments necessarily, so it was easy to do. So there's all sorts of reasons that people either want to have boundaries around the hours they work or the way they work or where they work. There's all sorts of different things. Um, and so this is what I mean, that organizations themselves some of them are starting to respond better to that and then obviously it's also the person that you're working for or the team that you're working with um, I think every situation is a little bit different and what I always recommend to people is that they do as much research about the position the people they'd be working for the organization before they kind of enter the initial conversation. Um, if there are recruiters involved, I would be bringing up some of those sorts of things early on. Like sometimes even before you apply for a role, it might be worth calling the recruiter or speaking to the recruiter and asking about what is the level of flexibility around this? What is the level of, um, you know, can it be done um, part-time? Can it be done as a job share? You know, what are the options and what are the company kind of policies around that. I think it's always worth asking. And I think, you know, some people get a bit concerned about this or a bit anxious about doing it because they sort of think, oh, well, you know, then I won't be considered. But then I sort of think, but if you're, if they're not going to consider you because of those things, wouldn't you rather know before you go through all of the um, kind of hassle of applying, interviewing, you know, getting in. So my, you know, view on this and policy is that you need to be as upfront as you can and you need to do as much research. And I think these days with tools like LinkedIn, mm -hmm. uh, finding other people who are working in an organisation that you might be looking at, asking them questions, talking to them, um, particularly those, I like to call them the ones that don't have the agreed talking points. So, you know, if you're going for an interview with somebody, the interview panel have all been schooled on what to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so sometimes it can be really refreshing to find someone else who's either worked in the organisation or worked, previously worked in the, or working or worked in the organisation and ask them. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's just a bit about doing that and understanding through the networks and things which are the right types of places that are more open to um, that type of working. Yeah, because ultimately think, it's a match that has to be made. It's not just, yeah. and I, I think we often forget that when we're applying for a job, it's something we, we want a job. We're like, oh, yeah. just just give us a chance. It's like, well, it, it actually has to be almost a two-way interview, um, clearly, yeah. you know, the, Absolutely. I was probably more with the Absolutely. decision maker, but yeah, no, I completely agree. I and I, you know, I was in that position. I know a lot of people who are in that position who you feel like you're going for an interview and you're waiting to be chosen. And part of what I try to talk to people about is positioning yourself in such a way is that they're choosing you, you know, like they they want you and sorry, you're choosing them, sorry, the other way around. So you're saying, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm interested to look into this further because they want you hmm. so much that you're the one making the choice. Yeah. And I know that that 
sounds challenging, but that's kind of what we're aspiring to, just as any business owner is, just as anybody who is putting themselves out there, you want to be the one that's chosen for who you are and what you bring. Yeah, and they want someone who wants to work there as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's I think it's so much better to be transparent and to be upfront about what you want in terms of the way you work and how you work, etc. It's much harder. I think it's so much harder to try to negotiate once you're in an organization. Oh yeah, especially with um I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about just the the conditions. You know, they're like, oh, they're already told it was going to be long hours and you have to be in the office and there's, there's no excuses for being late. And I mean, they're just going, wow, okay, that, that's a little old school nowadays. Yeah. Um, but I suppose if you accept a role on the basis that you know that's what's going to be, once you're in there, you can't be surprised when that's the way it is. Yeah. So it, that transparency then really flows both ways. Yeah. So. And I definitely think the onus too goes to those who are the leaders of organisations to be really considering that. And I think some are. I think some are doing it better. Yeah. Um, some say they are. <laughs> um, um, yeah. And some, but some really are. So do, do you also help people um, kind of with their resumes and how to apply for jobs? How, how far into that path do you go? So generally with people in that positioning piece, we'll look at things like their LinkedIn profile, we'll look at things like their resume, but I am not a resume writing expert. Um, so I would generally rec- I would generally refer them on to somebody else who's a specialist in that area. Mm-hmm. There are so many fantastic people out there who are really, really helpful in terms of that and similarly things like interview coaching so those tend to be quite specialized skills Mm -hmm. um yeah so i would generally get get to a point where i would refer people on, on on those sorts of things so really for me it's 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 more about that values piece and the mindset and feeling getting people to a point where they feel confident about the decisions that they're making because again that's one of the things I hear a lot is that people are just like I just don't know what to choose and what if I get it wrong which is that not being confident about the decision that you're making so yeah the outcome really is making your decisions by choice your choice Mm -hmm. rather than sort of letting them happen to you. Yeah, and then the energy around going to apply for a job where there's this uncertainty, and you know, it, it comes through as well. So yeah. it's yeah. So having having laid the foundation uh, with the work that you do, I think will really set people up um, for success. So how how can how do people find you? Um, and what what where do they start? What um, what can they do to to work with you if they'd like to? Yep. So I um, I work with people one-to-one at the moment. I'm looking at something else for the future, but that's still to come. Um, so one-to-one, I have a one-to-one coaching program. People can find me at helenthomas.com.au, which is my website. Um, and at the moment for the remainder of July, I am offering a one-hour power hour, so a one-off session, which is something I don't do very often, but because I really strongly believe that right now is such a fantastic time. If you've even got an inkling that you'd like to be doing something else, um, I'm offering a power hour for 129 Australian dollars, which is actually, you know, lower than my regular coaching rate anyway, um, just to have a conversation with people and let's get, get you sorted about 
what is the right next decision, next step or next decision for you to make with regard to your career. I just think at the moment all the economic factors are really pointing everybody towards, you know, if you're staying where you are and, you know, not getting pay rises um, and you think you might want to be doing something else, then let's work that out for you because now is the best time to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's open until the end of July. And then I'm hoping I'll have some more things to reveal in the future. But, yeah. So how do people get access to the, the Power Hour? The Power Hour is helenthomas.com.au forward slash power hyphen hour okay. i'll send you the links <laughs> put the links in the show notes yeah yeah we'll put the links um so yeah and that's not published anywhere on my website so um they will need that link to do that um but if the, if you go to my website helenthomas.com.au there are other things there too there's articles there's a workbook if you just want to start thinking about an action plan for the next you know few months on what you'd like to do there's a few different things there too okay well that's wonderful well thank you so much helen this was really valuable and i, I hopefully the listeners are this is stimulating some ideas and also perhaps a little inkling of inner confidence to go oh maybe I could do something here and I've been I've been wanting to you know there's there's usually that it'll it'll hit it it'll hit a trigger and you're like yeah. oh yeah okay yeah now I'm, I'm getting another message telling me I need to make a change <laughs> yeah so, I just want people to know it's not too late it's not too late wherever you are in your career it's not too late to make a change and you have so much value there is so much value in everything you know and it can be repurposed into something else so yes if you take one takeaway from this take that (laughs) (laughs) oh that's wonderful thanks so much Helen Um, thanks and everyone have a lovely rest of your day week weekend whenever you happen to be listening to this